Thank you, Mr. Ross. Wow, that was wonderful. I was watching these kids, kids, adults up here. They're kids to me because about four of them I had in toddler church, I think. That was just a few years ago. A few years ago. I would like to take a point of privilege, and I would like all of our men and women who have served in the military to please stand today. Please stand. Stay standing, please. All of our men and women who served in the military. We are grateful and thankful to you. We are grateful and thankful to you. And while you are standing, if you have a family member that is presently serving anywhere, would you stand with these folks? Uh, You are standing in place of your man or woman serving today. Please stand. We thank you. We thank you. Let's pray together. God, we are so grateful and thankful as we see men and women who are standing, who have given of themselves for our freedom. And we take it so for granted. And those that are standing to represent those that are in harm's way right now. We ask, O God, that you would protect our troops. We ask, O God, that you would move in our country. God, we ask that you would just minister to the hearts and lives of those standing and those who are serving right now. May they ever be grateful to you, but may they sense today that we are grateful for them. Thank you, God. You are an awesome God, and you have given us an awesome country. And we thank you for the men and women that have served faithfully. And we ask you to bless them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I appreciate that. We didn't want that time to go by. This is family Sunday. Some of them have already conked out on me. (laughs) We're going to make it through together. The Lord gave me a message for today a long time ago. Pastor Chuck asked me if I would preach today, and this message came to me a long time ago. And so it's been brewing in my heart and mind for a long time. But a few years ago, it was just a few years ago to me, we used to sing the song, Dare to be a Daniel, Dare to Stand Alone, Dare to Do What Was Right, in other words, and Be a Daniel. And because this is... uh, Family Sunday, we're going to talk about somebody that you kids know about. But we're going to talk about him in a maybe a little different way today. Because every time I used to sing that song as a kid, I liked it, but it bothered me a little bit. Because I understood what the songwriter meant that he stood alone. But he really didn't stand alone. Because God was always with him. Or an angel of God was always with him. And so I understood that he stood for what was right. And sometimes, boys and girls and moms and dads, you're going to have to stand alone. You're going to stand for what's right, but nobody else is going to stand with you. But I want to encourage you, God is going to stand with you in those moments. And he's going to be with you. So this morning, as we look at Daniel... We're going to look at that great drama in chapter 6. 
All of you have heard it in Sunday school. There's not one of you that haven't heard about this drama in chapter 6. And it's Daniel's, Daniel in the lion's den. But this morning, there are three, there are two individuals and one group of individuals that sort of characterize uh, all the motivations of man. Not all of them, but three very important motivations of man. There are, in this story, the administrators or satraps, there are 120 leaders governed by three administrators who then answered to Darius, who answered to Cyrus, who kept answering. And then there was Darius, and then there was Daniel. And these three, either two individuals and group of people, represent our motivation so often. The administrators represented jealousy because they were jealous of Daniel. Darius represents pride because he was so full of pride, he made the decree that everybody was going to worship him. And Daniel is, of course, the man of faith. So as we look at this passage, and don't leave me because you'll have a tendency to leave me because it's a familiar passage and you know all about it. There's a lot of stuff here this morning that I want you to be able to see in this passage. Well, when I was in Sunday school, I loved this story. I could hear it over and over again. Because as a kid, I loved the excitement of Daniel getting thrown into that lion's den, and he was never eaten by the lion. And somehow I started to think in my mind, this is really good. Because if I'm ever thrown in a lion's den and I love Jesus, I'm not going to be eaten by the lions. And that's exciting to me because I don't want to be eaten by the lions. However, at 51 years old, I've never been thrown into the lion's den. I'm thankful, but I've never been thrown into the lion's den, literally. But you know what, adults? Metaphorically, I've had those moments. And as I look out at some of you today, you're shaking your head because I even know a part of what that moment was for you. Maybe it was a terrible illness. Maybe it was a tragic divorce. Maybe it was a loss of a child. Maybe it was a financial ruin. You were in the metaphorical moment of the lion's den. And so in this life, we know that we are going to have those moments, at least if we've lived very long at all. Now, kids, I want to tell you, if you're thrown in the lion's den, God's going to help you. That's true. But probably most of you, if not any of you, will ever be placed there. Now this morning, as we look at these three major players, these three elements, motivations, I'm asking you the question, where are you? Daniel was getting ready for a promotion. Everybody likes promotions. And he was getting ready for a promotion. Darius had in his mind that he was going to put him, Daniel, in charge of the other administrators and the other satraps. And that's where the green eye of jealousy comes. So if you will turn in your Bibles this morning to the sixth chapter of Daniel, we're going to look at various passages of that. I don't know that we'll have time to read all of that, but we will look at various passages. In Daniel 6, verse 1, it says that pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom and three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. 
Now remember, Daniel was a foreigner from Jerusalem in Babylon, had been there a while. Great stories. Read the book of Daniel. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities, and the king planned to get him to give, get him over the whole kingdom, to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy. He was neither corrupt nor negligent. And finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Well, praise the Lord for Daniel. Ah, Man, when we think about people in positions of leadership and authority, there aren't too many people today that we can say, man, they're trustworthy, they're not corrupt, they're not negligent. They're right on the money, and we can trust them always. But that was Daniel's character. And if somebody has great character, and they have a great work ethic, it's hard to get to them. And so those other two administrators and those satraps, they decided, now what can we do? We've got to get Daniel out of this picture. Oh, yeah, well, the only thing that we can really get out is his faith. We can get him there, though. You know, that Darius isn't too smart. We can get him. The, story, the, uh, the plot thickens. So in verse 6, so the administrators and the satraps went as a group to the king and said, Oh, King Darius, live forever. Yeah, right. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays To any god or man during the next 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. And, of course, the king said, now, why in the world would I want to do that? No, that's not what he said at all. Now, O king, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So that King Darius... Sounds like a great idea. I'm a great person. They can all pray to me. This is good. I like it. So the king put this decree decree in writing. I'm sorry, but Darius wasn't very smart. I call him Darius. Hello. Um, Now, wait a minute here. Your best guy... You know praise. You're honest to goodness, best person that you're trusting. He wasn't very smart. He wasn't thinking. And he wasn't thinking because his pride got in the way. The terrible jealousy of these men to manipulate him. And now jealousy joins with pride. Oh boy, we've got a great thing going here. Well, that was the situation. Darius said, yeah, let's do it. It can't be repealed. I'll put it in writing. Now, verse 10, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room and hid in the closet. No, that's not what the scripture says. He went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. 
Then these men went as a group, and they found Daniel praying. <laughs> Isn't that surprising? They just kind of went over there to see if he was praying, and he was. It's amazing. Coincidence. No. So they went to the king, and they spoke to Darius about the decree. Um, Darius, duh, Darius, did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or man except you, O king, would be thrown into the lion's den? Um, yeah, I did. The decree stands in accordance with the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. Good. <laughs> We're glad you said that, king. We are very happy. Because you know what? Daniel who is one of the exiles from Judah, you know, he doesn't pay any attention to you, O king, or to the decree that you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. And when the king heard of this, he was greatly distressed. Duh. Now he knew Daniel. He knew Daniel's practice. And he was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Well, bless his heart, but he had already signed the decree and had already said that you couldn't change it, and it was pretty evident, so I don't know what he stood around to do, but he did. And he looked bad, and he felt bad, and I think it's really true, because that's what the Scripture says. But, duh. little side lesson, think before you do what you do. But, you know, Daniel was a man of faith. It didn't change his practice. Yeah, he knew about the law. I don't think he was necessarily trying to defy the law. But it seems that every day that he had been in this foreign country, that's what's his practice. And he would go to prayer, and he would open the windows there, and he would pray and ask God to minister. Now, when I was a kid, I still thought Daniel was a kid in this story. But in all actuality, Daniel was probably close to 80 years old by this time. He wasn't any kid anymore. We were past the Meshad, Shadrach, and Abednego. I never said that right when I was a kid either. But God had been there, and Daniel had seen him work over and over again, and he had been in all kinds of pickles with all those dreams, and God had revealed those things to Daniel and provided for him, and he had never been failed yet. And surely little old Darius's decree isn't going to make that much difference to Daniel because he needs the Lord, and he knows he's going to pray. And so he goes about praying as usual, and then somehow Darius feels very poorly. Then the men went as a group to the king and said, <laughs> Remember, Darius, we feel bad about this, that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can ever be changed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel, and they threw him into the lion's den. And the king said to Daniel, Oh, now this really hurts. The king says to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. I've done this to you. But I love that piece. Would it be wonderful to be said of us, the God whom we serve continually? That made all the difference in Daniel's life. You know, every Time, it was time to pray. He opened the windows. He's down on his knees. He's serving God. He's begging God to help with the dreams. He goes through the time where he gets to eat what he needs to eat so he'll be strengthened. He served God continually. Oh, that that would be said of us. Oh, that that would be said of us. He's got confidence in Daniel. Darius even has confidence in Daniel's God, even though he doesn't really believe in him. 
And so the king gives this order, and a stone was brought, and it was placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed it with his own signet ring. It was done. It was over. And with the rings of the nobles, and so that Daniel situation might not be changed. Been there, haven't you? Situation changing. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. Well, good for Darius. Always feel good about that. It's not nice, is it? Not the way I'm supposed to be, but always feel good. Darius, you got us into this trouble. Think about what you do before you do it. I'm glad you can't eat and you can't sleep and you didn't have any entertainment. You need to be thinking about what you say and do before you do it. Any of you kids ever been put to bed without your dinner? You need to think about what you've done. Daniel had a far better night than Darius. Daniel had a far better night than Darius. Daniel, because he's a man of faith, he goes. Doesn't say complain. Doesn't say anything. It just says the scripture just very at the first light of dawn. Daniel went in there. The king was the first person to run down there. Yeah. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, hmm, has he rescued you from the lions? And Daniel says, oh, king, live forever. Yeah. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions, and they've not hurt me, because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. Wow. Now, the real crux of the message here, here we are. The real crux of that message is, who do we serve continually? Wow. What a testimony. God had proven himself over and over again there. Daniel was faithful. God provides for the faithful. But he doesn't remove the trial always. Even Darius wanted God to intervene. He's the one that gave the decree. Can God do it? You better believe God can. He does it in his own time and his own way. But when I look at this story, I say, well, now, wait a minute. If God loved Daniel as much as it says that God did, and Daniel loved God as much as it says that Daniel did, and Daniel was so trustworthy and he was loyal and he was faithful and he wasn't corrupt and he wasn't negligent, why did Daniel have to go to the lion's den? Mr. Holloway, my students say, that's not fair. You're right. Life isn't fair. It's never fair. Why wasn't there a loophole in that law? Well, why didn't God strike the ones uh, throwing Daniel in dead? Well, why didn't God kill those lions? Why didn't God kill those administrators? Why couldn't he have just gotten rid of Darius? Why? It wasn't about Daniel. Wow. It really wasn't about Daniel. Why do you say that? Well, look 
after he comes out of the lion's den, look what the king does. Verse 25. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, all the nations, and men of every language throughout the land. Darius was a great missionary. He just needed to get saved. Okay? And he says, may you prosper greatly. And he issued a decree that in every part of his kingdom, people would fear and reverence the God of Daniel. That's such a great thing, but it burdens my heart because Darius didn't know God. But we're going to worship the God of Daniel. For he is, these are Darius's words, the living God. He endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves and he performs signs and wonders and in, in the heavens and on the earth. And he's rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. What a great testimony Darius gives all over the country here about this God of Daniel and all the wonderful things he's done. I'm so guilty about making life about my personal deliverance instead of the reputation of God. Are you with me? God does prove himself true. He can be trusted, but he doesn't keep you or me from the lion's den, but he does keep us in it. He keeps us. We're held. We're supported. There was not a wound on Daniel, not even a tooth mark. He had a better night than Darius. I firmly believe that. In other words, while you are there, he keeps you. An angel shut the mouths of the lions. It was better than all those solutions I had given. But Daniel was still in the den overnight. It didn't change that. It's not about deliverance from. It's about, it's about deliverance in. Those little prepositions, so important. Not about deliverance from, but, but about deliverance in. It wasn't about Daniel. It was about the God of Daniel. God's glory goes out to all those people. Darius knew that God had provided this great Jehovah, this God that he continually served and he was faithful to. Wow. Darius was in a position to do this. God knows that. Sometimes we just don't get what's going on in our lives because we don't see it from God's perspective. God's in the business of doing this. And just as a sidelight, it gives me some hope on this 5th of July that God can work in all types of leadership. Because God's on the throne. Okay? God's in control. And at times you're going to be tempted to feel he's not, but he is. Think about the Darius here, okay? He just wasn't the person that, that we would really want there, but God used him. That word went out to all these people. And so God knows what he's doing. And that just gives me great, great hope. He places people in authority and he gets the glory, even when they're not godly at times. Well, lion's den experiences, they're not pleasant. We don't want them, and we pray for deliverance from them. 
But God is often using experience to do something in us. And sometimes he's using that experience to do something in a loved one of yours. And they're going to miss it if you're not in the lion's den experience. And sometimes you're not ever going to know why. And just not. Daniel didn't seem surprised. He didn't seem phased. Oh, God, I need to know what you're doing right now in my life. Oh, do you? Who is God? It's not good enough that I'll I'll be with you in this trial. When did God have to answer to me? Is that a life of faith? You know, Daniel never changes in this passage. Not once. He just doesn't change. He's faithful. He's a man of prayer. He's a man of prayer, whether he's in his upstairs room on his knees, when the window was open toward Jerusalem, or a man of prayer in the midst of the lion's den. He's just a man of prayer. He's trustworthy. He's loyal. He's believing. He's content. He trusted in God to work all that out. But it wasn't about Daniel. It was about how God would use Daniel's faithfulness to bring honor and glory to himself. It was about God's name going out to all people and nations and every language. How could Daniel do that? How could Daniel have the type of attitude he did? Because he served God continually. He served God continually. The jealousy, the pride. Oh, God, those people are jealous of me. Oh, that person and their pride is going to get me in all kinds of trouble. Mm -mm. In the midst of of it all, our job is just to be faithful. Daniel's life brought praise to God. Does mine. Does yours. God is alive. He's eternal. He's indestructible. He's forever. He's miraculous. Darius said this. He doesn't even believe God. And God's an awesome God because he's all those things to you. He is alive to you today. He is eternal to you today. He is forever. He is miraculous. He has proved himself. Daniel was no chameleon. If I'd have heard the decree go out, I don't know that I'd have opened my window to Jerusalem. I would say, you know, Lord, you can see me in this room. Because I probably would have been chicken. He doesn't change his prayer practice. Well, I have to ask you this morning, what's your lion's den? And I have to tell you, and it hurts me to say this, but it's not about you, and it's about him. And, And will you bring honor and glory to God in the midst of that situation? You will. If you learn Daniel's secret, that you will serve God continually. What's that mean? What's that look like? It means every thought is captive to God. Every thought that comes into your mind is captive to God. It means that every decision is bathed in prayer. 
It means that God is continually on our minds, in our hearts, in our thoughts, in our language. It means we're in a relationship with our God through Jesus Christ. It means God's perspective, not ours. That's serving continually. Evil jealousy played on pompous pride, but because of Daniel's faith, God was glorified. I know what some of you are thinking. Holloway, I'm not Daniel. Mm-mm. You don't know anything about me, and you don't know where I am. And there aren't a thousands and thousands of people that are going to be affected by my choices. You're out to lunch. I just want to say, you will never know. You will never know what your choices do and the effect that they will have on others. You will never know. It is profound to me that God, the very God of all this universe, wants to use you and use me to bring glory to him. And sometimes we get so wrapped up in that trial because we think it's about us. And why doesn't God deliver us? When a lot of the times the lesson and what's needing to be learned isn't about us. It might be for somebody else. And somebody's watching how you're going to live that out. And the scripture tells me really plainly, get that right, adverb, English teacher, The scripture tells me very plainly that our trials are going to develop perseverance and perseverance is going to develop the next step and we're getting ready for heaven. But when we're there, we're not thinking about heaven. We're thinking about the lion's den. Perspective. Thinking about serving him constantly. I can tell you one thing. I I fought the me battle many times before. And I've lost every time. I've lost every time. Walking with Christ is about him, and it's not about us, because Christ in us is the hope of glory. So this morning, I don't know, maybe you need to quit praying, Lord, get me out of here, and pray, Lord, please sustain me in this. Maybe you need to say, Lord, not deliver me from this place, but... Keep me, hold me in this place. I know God will make a way for your situation. I know that. I don't know when. And I don't know how. But I know who. I do not know when he's going to make your way. And I don't know how he's going to make your way. But I know who. And he's going to make your way. Trust him. When was the last time I prayed, oh God, make my life a testimony for your glory? May others see you and not see me. And there are people sitting in the pew, and I don't have time today, but I've watched you in lion's tents. I've noticed. I've been affected by your choices. Because you have taught me that grace is sufficient, and Christ will be there. 
when I've watched you at the side of the casket of your loving husband or wife that you've let go, when I've seen you've lost a child, when I've watched you battle cancer. Yeah, I'm watching. It's affected me. And it's affected me for eternity. Because it helps us know how to live. And it helps us know that God is God. And He is sufficient for whatever our need is. And that God is here today. That God is here today. And in just a few moments, we're going to close the service and we're not going to tarry. But I want to tell you this. I want to leave us with this thought. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. I don't want to diminish your, diminish your lion's den. And I'm sorry if you felt like I've done that, because I don't. You may be in the most worst spot you've ever been. And I'm sorry for that. I truly am. But He has a purpose that you may never know as you walk this earth. But He has a purpose. And will you hold on to Him today? Will you hold on to Him today? And if you need help holding on, come pray. And gather your friends around you. And pray through it. Pray through it. Because He's able to do it all in His time and in His way. So we're going to open the altar this morning. We're not going to tarry long. But I'd ask us to stand and stand prayerfully. And if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, don't leave this place and run away. Run to Him. Run to prayer this morning. Will you come? Will you come?
today, but as he comes and close, if you need to pray, or if you've got a friend here, come pray with him, please. Please come if you have a need. You know, one of the most important things we can do in the life of a church is to spend time in prayer. So we're just going to take a few moments and just pray with these around the altars. And when I'm finished, you'll be dismissed to go, but I want you to go quietly from this place this morning, just keeping a sense of reverence, and you can talk in the foyer. Lord, our prayer this morning is that we will be found faithful, continually following you. Just as you gave Daniel the strength and the courage to stand boldly in that lion's den, help us, Lord, to stand boldly against the adversities, the hardships, the, the tough times of life. You take us on the mountains as well as in the valleys, Lord, and you are there. And so we are so grateful. We thank you, Lord, for this message. It has spoken to me about continually serving you. Help us, Lord, as we endeavor to do that. Around these altars, Lord, are our friends, family members, loved ones. And we lift them to you, Lord. Meet their needs as only you can. Give them the courage and the strength through the adversities of life. Comfort them, Lord, as only you can comfort them. Help them to see what they cannot see. To trust in what they cannot see. To trust in your hand, in your grace, in your strength. Lord, I pray, Lord, for uh, every need represented around these altars, Lord. And for those that are in this place that have not come forward and yet right now they're struggling with an issue, help them to put you first, Lord, and to be found faithful as they continue to follow you. Bless us, Lord, as we quietly go from this place to make a difference for the cause of Christ this week. And we ask this in the wonderful, blessed name of Jesus. Amen.